Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. All righty, we continue. This is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. Hail to the victors. Michigan, your national champions in this past year of college football. Penn State fans, Ohio State fans, hello. How you doing today? Still bitching, still complaining, still whining. Oh, I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Alabama, they go down to Michigan. And then also last night, a team that I have a lot of great respect for, in the Washington Huskies, love Kalen DeBoer, love Michael Penix Jr. Uh, they shouldn't have been in it at halftime. They found a way to be in it. And then the second half, that's the stunning part of the game last night. Like, I knew Michael Penix Jr. was not going to be as great as what he did up against Texas. But even if there was a little bit of a drop-off, you didn't think it was going to be as far as it dropped off last night. With... Wide receivers dropping footballs. Wide receivers turning the wrong way. Michael Penix Jr. throwing interceptions. Overthrowing wide receivers. His pinpoint accuracy was at such a ridiculous level up against Texas. It's just not possible. Or it's highly unlikely to be able to be that great once again when, oh yeah, by the way, you're going up against a much better defense. And through this run, I don't think Michigan's defense has got enough credit. And you know what makes me think that even more? I go into the newsroom during the break, and I see uh, Ryan Hot Take Hickey. And he was like, yeah, Michigan's defense was fine last night. It was fine. And he's the biggest Michigan hater in the world. He was already starting. You know, I talk about the asterisk take, and I did not know that that was Maggie's take this morning. Someone brought that up to me in the YouTube chat. I was on 90 minutes of sleep. I love Maggie and Perloff. I did not listen to their show this morning. But that rant that I went on in the beginning was kind of directed to Hickey. Because at halftime, I see Hickey say, oh, this game's over. And we have a tainted national champion. Like, shut up. Seriously. And Hickey, I would thought would be a gracious loser after picking against Michigan in every game this year. Every big game, he picked Alabama to win. He picked Washington to win. He picked Ohio State to win. He picked also Penn State to win. He went against Michigan in every game that mattered. And you have to, before the game is even over, already start off with this jackassery that the championship is tainted. You know what, Samter? I'm actually liking you more day by day. I'm actually, not that I never disrespected you, but I understand the role that you play here at CBS Sports Radio and how imperative it is. Because after having to deal with Hickey's takes, and then last night, I called into the Bart Winkler show 
from the stadium, like at midnight or 1 a.m., and Shep gets on the microphone, and he has the audacity to call me a Patriot apologist because Shep had this stupid take as well, and I like Shep, but he said the Patriots couldn't build Belichick. The Patriots have one of, if not the worst rosters in the league, and the Patriots have not got blown out in a football game since the Saints game in week like five or six. So Shep is like, oh, the Patriots quit on Belichick up against the Jets. They didn't quit on Bill Belichick. They just don't have the talent. So Shep was uh, taking a, a run at me last night, and maybe Shep should just stick to the NBA takes, all right? You know, too many NFL takes from David Shepard. So, you know, I think right now, Samter, you are in a role now where you have been at CBS Sports Radio since the inception, I'm pretty sure. And you are now a locker room leader here at CBS Sports Radio. And you are the veteran. You're like Udonis Haslam, right? You've been here so long. you won so many championships. Everyone respects Michael Samter. I think you got to smack some of these producers around. Like, you know that soccer coach, that video where he's just yelling and smacking people across the face? I think you need to smack some of your fellow producers around. Smack Hickey around. Smack um, uh, Shep around. And just make sure that they know that when they're going to have takes, their takes got to be a little bit better. All righty? That's what I'm saying should happen here. I mean, if you're giving me permission to start smacking people around, I'll do it. I, I like to lead by example. By the way, HR, I'm not actually giving him permission. This is all in jest. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I heard it. So I feel like that's kind of permission from, the, from you. I like to lead by example mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, being the vocal slash physical leader in the clubhouse. No, oh, yeah. But if I do need to, uh, you know, take matters into my own hands, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Voice Mike. Now, the one problem is, like, listen, with Shep, great guy. Uh, but, you know, he kind of marches to the beat of his own drummer. He can be swayed if necessary. Mm-hmm. Hickey, I, I fear, is too far gone as far as uh, his takes and his yeah. his angles in well, which he approaches things. I've, so I don't think smacking him around is going to do much. If anything, it's just going to make him more and more ridiculous. It's kind of amazing because we get things wrong all the time. Right? It just happens. Speak when, for yourself. When, well, buddy, you still owe me dinner because you thought that uh, that Texas was not going to jump uh, Ohio State to get into the college football playoffs. So, I still like, think on a neutral field, here. Ohio State takes Texas out any day of the week. Okay, you, you'll be wrong on that. And and they're great, the great player Ohio State had this year was Marvin Harrison Jr. We all know that. They didn't have anyone throw the football to Marvin Harrison Jr. Because uh, Kyle McCord is just an average quarterback and in a big spot. He'll fold and he'll make mistakes. But... What I was saying was, um, like with Hickey, it's weird because I've said this before. I do believe that he is the most knowledgeable person when it comes to college football at this network. But still with all that knowledge, I do believe his hatred for Michigan got in the way of him actually being clairvoyant and picking things right this year. He's very knowledgeable. He knows college football well, but it's not just his hatred towards Michigan. It's his undevoted, undying love for Penn State State that clouds his judgment. And Mm. I think that what happens with Hickey is that 
he goes against his own gut and his own knowledge and his own understanding mm. of the sport and just is such a, a Penn State homer that he's going to do anything anti-Michigan, anti-Ohio State, anti-everybody else in the Big Ten. Well, it's a disease. Like, these Penn State fans, they're well, cult members. It's not just a Penn State thing. All hardcore fans of any team are like that. Whether it's Penn State or Alabama or USC or Texas, mm. it doesn't matter. If you're a diehard fan, you're incapable of being partisan and unbiased. But, but I would disagree with that. Because I think I've picked against my team before. But you're not a diehard Michigan fan. You like yes, Michigan. I am. You're, you're hold on, hold on. The point I was going to use the Patriots. The the Patriots. I picked against them in the Super Bowl the second time they went up against the Eagles. I just didn't think they were going to win the game. It wasn't mean I wasn't pulling for the Patriots. I was. It's just sometimes you get that feeling of uh oh, the other team you think is better and the other team is going to win. But, but here's the thing, though. You're an objective fan. You're not a diehard fan. When I talk about diehard no, fans... No, I am a diehard fan. I don't... No. So, so don't I take just have it, a brain. Don't take it as an offense. A diehard... I am offended by it. Okay. A now di- I'm going to smack you around. Well, first of all, I, I'll take you any day of the weekend, twice on Sunday. Just because you've <laughs> Same got... Day. You're like the size of my Just big because toe. you've got a foot and 100 pounds on me doesn't mean I can't take you. <laughs> I can go low, generous. get the ankles, and take you down. <laughs> a diehard fan is... I'm a, more flexible is, than you, Is an irrational that. fan whose mood and behaviors mm-hmm. live and die uh, up and down, happy or sad, based on their teams. I have never once seen you despondent or elated based off of Michigan or the Patriots or whatever. You're a fan. You're a dedicated fan. Mm -hmm. You're a passionate fan. You're not a diehard fan in the sense of your life is dictated by the success and failures of your team. Well, when you're in the penthouse, it's tough to get frustrated. You haven't been in the penthouse for pretty long, all right? For the Patriots? The Patriots haven't. I was in the penthouse for 20 years. Yes, but what I'm saying, it's been, what, five years? The only time I was legitimately frustrated with the Patriots since Tom Brady has left was the Jacoby Myers play up against the Raiders, where they threw the football and then Chandler Jones picked it off. And uh, they steamrolled through Mac Jones. That was the only time since Brady has left where I was irate. And I left the studio and I sat on my couch for three hours after that because I was doing eye on football. And I ordered pizza and then I ordered soft serve ice cream and I ate my sorrows away. Trust me. I, I have a job to do. So win or lose, I show up and I deliver. But it doesn't mean that the insides of Zach Gelb doesn't feel some pain here and there from his sports team. Like when the Rangers lose in the playoffs, dejected, demoralized. When the Mets lost in the World Series, demoralized. You know, it happens. I am human as well, even though I don't let it get in the way of giving my takes on the radio. I will say, despite the fact that I uh, am getting so tired of Aaron Rodgers, when I was a Jets fan... Mm -hmm, Which you still are, but... Uh, I hadn't I hadn't become despondent over the Jets in maybe a decade. Well, because it you're, wasn't, you're it, numb to it. It wasn't until the hype and the excitement around Aaron Rodgers and then four plays into the season, yeah. he went Oof. down. My wife looked at me. She was like, what's wrong with you? I've never seen you like this. I'm like, this is how I used to be as a sports fan. I'm not like this anymore because I've gotten older and I've matured and I'm a little bit less crazy. But when things go really wrong for your teams... This is what happens. Now, here's a question I have for you. Well, hold on real quick before you ask my question. I have to call cap on one thing. When you work in, in this business, no one's mature. None of us are mature. We're, we're living in a, 
like a playpen right now. An I'm adult not saying I'm mature. I've matured okay. compared to what I used to be. <laughs> uh, but here's my question for you. Yes. Of all your sports teams, mm-hmm. who's the one who gives you the the most joy or letdown? Like the one that you're the most passionate about? Okay. So it was the Patriots. Now the team that gives you the most joy, the Rangers. And the reason why is because it's the one team my dad and I share in common where I have the same passion as my dad has. And I want to see the Rangers win a Stanley Cup. You know, not that my my father is ancient, but it is the drive for 65. He turned 65 this year, right? When he turned 64, I said, Dad, now it's the drive to 65. He almost smacked me in the mouth, and I probably deserve that. But I would like to have that moment, that bonding moment, where the Rangers win a Stanley Cup and we're both like fat kids in a candy store. How old were you when they won in 94? I was in my mother's uh, tummy. Okay. Wow. I was born in August. Man, I feel I was old. kicking when Mato scored the goal. Mato, Mato, Mato. Step on Mato. That was a great moment. Yeah. That was the last moment I remember like really just being elated mm-hmm. over a championship. But that was, yeah, that was fun. And then what was the other part of that question? What, the most dejected I get? No, no, just like which team gets you the most, oh, okay. like, are you the most yeah. passionate about that you get the most up or the most down yeah. when they win and lose? Like the Mets, I'm just, I'm numb to it because I know that they're going to find the way to mess it up one way or another. But when they win that championship, that is going to be as sweet as sweet could be. I will probably be in like an adult diaper or something like that and probably won't even be able to recognize them. Now, now here's a question. The Patriots have the second pick overall, mm-hmm. right? Third, now, third, third. Third pick, I'm sorry. They may move up. To you know, to maybe draft one of the, yeah. the top two quarterbacks. If not, it's possible that a guy like Michael Penix could be there mm-hmm. or could be available, no. and, and they might, might be interested. After what you saw last night, are you more or less interested in having Michael Penix as your quarterback? So uh, I'm not going to say that Michael Penix Jr.'s draft stock was impacted by last night, but I think he's going to be the fourth quarterback off the board in the NFL draft. Caleb Williams will go before him. Drake May will go before him, and Jaden Daniels out of LSU will go before him as well. But that's not a bad thing for Michael Penix Jr. Like, I was looking at Ryan Wilson's latest mock draft after the game last night. He had Caleb Williams going one, the commanders trading up, then Marvin Harrison Jr. going two to the Bears. Then he had Drake May going to the Pats three. And then the next quarterback to go was Jaden Daniels to the Giants six. I think that's right that three quarterbacks will go in the top five, in the top six. But then he only had Michael Penix Jr. falling to eight. And the team he had him fall to was the Atlanta Falcons. And he even says that could be a little bit too early and maybe he's a little bit too high on Michael Penix because his prospect ranking overall is 21. Quarterback ranking, he's fourth. So I think that'd be a good landing spot because you have weapons there like Drake London, Tyler Algier, obviously Bijan Robinson. But like a team like Minnesota, Penix falls out of the top 10 and he could go there at 11. That would be another good destination. Or even Stu's team, the Raiders, at 13. I don't know if Josh Jacobs will be back, but as long as Antonio Pierce is still the head coach, you uh, will have uh, Devontae Adams in in a silver and black uniform. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world when you're a quarterback to fall down the draft board. It may suck in the moment. You may feel like the world's ending in the moment, but you could end up going to a better team that has a lot more talent, and a lot of times the where the quarterback goes is huge in either succeeding or ending up failing because of who the coach is and do you have enough around you to not ruin you 
in the first few years of your career. I was disappointed with Penix's play last night because I didn't think he was going to play that bad. I thought he was going to drop off from the Texas game. But I, I think that a lot of it was you see quarterbacks get rattled when they get hit so much. And clearly he was dealing with an injury with the ankle. Um, but also when him and his wide receivers in the biggest game of the year just weren't on the same page. All right, this is Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. We will take a timeout. When we come on back, the L.A. Rams, they are the hottest team maybe in the NFL. They've won seven out of the last eight games, and they are off to the postseason. They're going up against the Detroit Lions. We all know this game's going to be marketed. Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit. Rams, Lions, big showdown this upcoming weekend. It's the game that I'm most excited for on Wild Card Weekend, or as the NFL wants me to say, Super Wild Card Weekend. And their rookie offense alignment is Steve Avila, and he's going to join us when we return in five minutes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Rams are back in the playoffs, and we can't wait for this one coming up this weekend. Matthew Stafford of the Rams going back home against the Detroit Lions, my favorite matchup for Wild Card Weekend. And now joining us, this man's having a dominant, and I mean a dominant, rookie season. He's Steve Avila, who's kind enough to join us. Rookie offense alignment for the LA Rams was picked in the second round of this past NFL draft, and he's kind enough to join us on a busy week for him on CBS Sports Radio. Steve, appreciate the time. Congratulations on all your success, and how you been? I've been doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks so much for coming on. So let me first start you off. When you got the phone call and you get drafted early on in the second round by the Rams, what was your first thought when you found out L.A. was going to be your new home? Oh, man. Um, that process was was crazy. Just, I mean, there's a lot of not knowing, you know, where you're going to be at. But, I mean, you know, I remember getting a call from Thousand Oaks. And my first thought was like, where, where the hell is Thousand Oaks? <laughs> but um, yeah, it was California. I mean, you know, you can't really complain. I mean, there's a lot of history back here. Um, you know, it you know obviously came off a Super Bowl run uh, or they won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But it's it's exciting, man. It's a fun place to be. Uh, there's a lot of good people, a lot of great people on the team. I'm excited to be here. 
Obviously, you're going to be confident in your abilities. You know what you're capable of, but sometimes it just doesn't translate well when you go from college to the NFL. How has this transition from the way that it looks from the outside looking in just been mm-hmm. such an easy one for you? Yeah, I mean, one thing that I've always prided myself in is just taking in as much coaching as I can, whether it's from the coaches, from the players, from people's experiences. Um, And I felt like I've asked the right questions and I feel like I've done the right things to make this transition as smooth as possible. Um, I'm not going to say that it wasn't hard because it kind of was. I mean, coming in, I mean, you have just such big expectations. Uh, You don't want to let people down. You don't want to let yourself down. But at the end of the day, I mean, you do what you got to do and, you know, things are going to turn out. And I felt like they just panned out the way they're supposed to be, you know, this year. So two months ago, it looked like this team wasn't going to make the playoffs. And now you guys are the hottest team in the NFL winning seven out of your last eight games. How do you explain what you guys have been able to accomplish over the last eight games? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a game of inches. Um, you know, that's really what it comes down to. A lot of the games we lost were close. Um, but I mean, you know, the next day we'd go into practice and we'd fix the things that we need to uh, fix. Um, McVeigh definitely prides, you know, us and prides himself in being able to be mentally tough and, you know, go through things you need to go through to get to where you need to be. And I feel like we've just done that. Um, we've had the mindset of winners. Um, you know, we are a younger team, but we didn't let that stop us. Um, and I feel like a lot of the things that we've done, you know, are, just proves that. Before your time, uh, Todd Gurley used to have such a successful career, but as great a success that he had, it ended very quickly, and that's the unfortunate part of the NFL. Ever since then, L.A.'s been trying to find their consistent running back, and Kyron Williams has now taken that baton this year and is making a big-time statement, and he's been a big part of your success down the end of the uh, season, down the home stretch of the season. You know him so well, blocking for him each and every week. Just what have you been seeing from your teammate that's been able to make him have this success in the final two months of the year? Uh, I mean, as cliche as it might sound, man, the mindset, you know, you just have to have that mindset of, you know, I'm going to go and get it. And that's just definitely who he is, you know, even as a person, um, he definitely is a little, he is a burst of energy. As soon as he gets on the field, he brings the energy when we get in the huddle and that's definitely encouraging, you know, being an offensive lineman. So, um, you know, I, I know he, I knew he was, he was always a good player. I mean, when I first got here, I think he was at RB two, but I mean, you know, everything's panned out and, uh, you know, he's doing what he's doing and I'm excited, you know, to be blocking for him. You have so many different people uh, in a locker room, Steve Avila, who joins us right now. And what makes this Rams team so unique is you have guys that are accomplished, like right at the top of their craft in a Cooper cup. Um, you have Aaron Donald, who's one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Matthew Stafford, who's finally getting his respect in the league after winning a Super Bowl. But then you guys got some youngsters like yourself, um, like Kyron, and then uh, Puka Nakua has been one of the best stories in the NFL this year. Just how about the dynamic and the team chemistry in the locker room mm-hmm. right now that's uh, brewing in L.A.? Yeah, man, it's just – it's high. I mean, I feel like it's always been like that. Even when we were, what, three and six, uh, it's always – there's not been a disconnect in the locker room ever, um, and that's just one thing, you know, you got to give props to uh, with, you know, the staff here is just picking the players. Uh, I've said this before, but, you know, they, they've picked really good players, but they've all, also picked really good men, and, um, you know, it's – fun being around the locker room you know people encourage each other people always try to pick each other up and that's definitely why I feel like we're making a good run at this thing you know how tough it is and you're going through it right now and you're excelling as a rookie in this league to see what Puka Nakua is doing right now if it wasn't for CJ Stroud I think any other year this guy would have been 
the offensive yeah. rookie of the year in the NFL. Mm-hmm, for sure. I mean, coming when we went into camp, you know, began he was he was making plays like that, <laughs> and there's kind of like a little you know thing going around. It's like, who is this? You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, I knew I, I've had talks with him, and he he's always had that thought of you know I'm the best receiver there is, and that's definitely you know what it took and and what it takes. And, you know, he's having an amazing season. That's one of my guys, man. Um, And I'm just so happy for him. We know the rookie records that he set this year. And you know what you're doing on a football field as well as a rookie. When you have Mm -hmm. this much early success, you do start to wonder, well, what's the next level that you guys could take it to as some youngsters? That's got to be fun to think about. Definitely. I mean, we drafted a lot of rookies um, and I know that all of us can contribute. And it was very much expected of us, you know, as soon as we got drafted, you know, because, just how young we were going to be. Um, and I'm you know, I'm really excited for the future. I do feel like the Rams are going to have a really bright future. Um, we definitely encourage each other. We know what needs to be done. And, you know, that's just the culture that's set around here. You walking into that locker room, it probably can be intimidating. You know, I know it's a job, but when you have Aaron Donald on the defense and Matthew Stafford on the offense, those are some pretty legendary names. What impressed you the most so far being on the offensive side of the ball uh, with your quarterback and Matthew Stafford? Yeah, man. Uh, he's just so locked. He knows so much. And it's almost like mind blowing. And like, I remember thinking like, I wouldn't want anybody else, you know, back there because he, he just knows so much about the game that he can improvise and he knows what's coming and when it's coming. And I just I wouldn't expect that from someone who's younger. Um, he's played so much ball. And, you know, I'm just so thankful, you know, that he's back there. Um, so, yeah. Now, I know people will say that this is just another game, but it's not, right? It's a playoff game, and then also for him, he's going back to a place that he called home for all those years. Just what has Stafford been like this week? And I don't think you need extra motivation, but is there some extra motivation knowing what this game could probably mean personally for your quarterback? Uh, I mean, not so much geared towards that. It's so much more just geared towards you know winning the game. I mean, we have a story in itself of not people not having high expectations for us. Um, and we came in and made the playoffs. I know this is going to be, you know, a big game from him, you know, going back home to Detroit. But at the end of the day, you know, we're going to have that mindset of just going in and winning. You know, you can't really just think about a lot of that stuff when you're on the field. Um, it's going to be a fun one to be a part of. It's going to be a fun one, I'm sure, to watch for you. Um, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just trying to win this game. So. I don't know if you guys needed more confidence because you guys have won seven out of your last eight games, but I want to ask you, Steve Avila, about the Ravens game because that was a back-and-forth game, and even though you guys lost in overtime with the punt return, I think that was a game where people started to say, okay, the Rams didn't win that game, but they just went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league. Did you guys feel like you gained a little confidence even though you lost that game, as bizarre as that seems, to the Baltimore Ravens? Uh, I mean, yeah, but I feel like if you go back and look at our other games, there's that's a lot of what happened this year. Um, again, like I said, it's a, it's a game of inches. I mean, that second week against the uh, 49ers, I know we stuck in there for quite a while um, and it came down to just a few plays. Um, what else? Other t- oh, The Eagles. The Eagles came down to a, a few plays. And I just feel like that's just a testament to what what we can bring to the table. Um, and you know, I'm really confident, you know, after winning this last game and just our past experience about, you know, making a good run at the Super Bowl. All right. When you walk in that locker room and you see Aaron Donald, you being an offensive lineman and knowing who Aaron Donald is, uh, Mm -hmm. what was your first conversation like with Aaron Donald? Just wondering. Oh man. Uh, (laughs) It's not much talking. I'll tell you that it's a lot of people don't understand, man. Like 
you grow up watching these people. Um, I saw him on TV all the time, and he's just the staple of what a defensive lineman is. Um, I, I think I brought this up before, but I remember me and a couple of my buddies in college would be like, you know, how many times do you think you could block him? And in our head, <laughs> we're like, uh, maybe like three out of ten times, like blah, blah, blah. And I went back to tell them that it would be zero <laughs> because just he's just so good at what he does. Um, you know, he's definitely gave me a, a few pointers when we're on the field. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm learning going against him. And that's all you can ask for. You know, it's the best of the best. Um, and it's just such a blessing, you know, going against someone like that at practice. Yeah. And I would have to imagine when you go up against the standard in practice, it makes the game. Uh, I know you go up against great defensive players each mm -hmm. and every week, but it makes it probably a little bit easier. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, mentally it does. I mean, that's the best. I feel like that's the best you're going to see um, with Aaron Donald. And, uh, you know, it usually takes a couple of snaps, um, you know, for in a game to see how someone's going to play it. And then in my head, I'm usually like, Aaron Donald's better than this guy. <laughs> so, um, that's usually how I, how I carry myself. Um, and I'm not taking away from anything sure. that any defender does because everybody is, is an amazing player. But at the end of the day, you know, I see the best at practice. Do you feel like you guys have gotten the respect that you deserve? Because, you know, obviously everyone's going to talk about the 49ers going to the Super Bowl. But if the 49ers mm -hmm. don't get to the Super Bowl this year, I think you guys can be right there in the NFC, especially with you guys playing your, your better football here and your best mm -hmm. football in the final two months of the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I feel like we still have a lot left to prove. Um, I feel like there's a lot, you know, people are saying about how luck, you know, plays a role in how we got to where we got. But, you know, I just – I from – on the inside, man, it's it's truly hard work. Um, it's truly just the dedication and people pouring their hearts into this game. And it's just such an exciting feeling to feel. Um, it's exciting to see, you know, people lock in and, and be that type of player they need to be to play playoff ball. So um, this next game is definitely going to be amazing. You know, I, I look back at your team heading into this season. People wondered what Stafford and Cup would be coming off injuries. There was all this retirement speculation with McVay and then also with Aaron Donald. From those four guys in particular, did you sense like a little extra something this year when all four of those guys were doubted heading into this season from afar? Uh, I mean, for sure. I mean, I feel like they knew how young we were going to be. Um, and they knew that, you know, the leaders that they are, they might need to, you know, show us around a little bit more. But um, at the end of the day, I feel like a lot of what they were doing was leading by example um, for – for example, Kobe Turner, who's been under Aaron Donald's wing the whole year. It's so nice to see how much he's improved from camp because I go against him every day, too. But from camp to where he's at now and just seeing him, you know, tie the sack record, that's just, you know, the testament of having that role model in the locker room. And um, that's definitely what those four guys bring. You've never played, obviously, an NFL playoff game before with this being your, your first go at it in the NFL can you take anything from the experience at, at TCU, um, especially with what you guys were able to do up against Michigan a year ago uh, in that semifinal game, or is it totally different? Oh, man. I've, I don't think I'll know until after the game's over, but I will say, I mean, having all, your, having all the eyes on you in that national championship game, uh, I feel like it would settle a little bit more nerves, you know, going into this game, you know, because I feel like I've been there before. Um, and that game went as worse as he possibly could think. So, you know, um, hopefully we don't, you know, do anything worse than that, um, which I don't think will happen. It'll be a good game. So, yeah. 
Well, I love offensive linemen. Um, I played a little bit in high school, but I wasn't good enough to do anything more than that. So I always have a soft you play spot. Center? What'd you play? No, I come a center, please. That's offensive <laughs> here. You know, I was I was a left tackle. You know, in my oh, J- okay. JV nine, I won the Comac Let's High School go, offensive uh, lineman of the year. Come on, I love that. Hey, let me know, man. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> no, you know, back. you know, Matt Rule wanted me to walk on the Temple football team. Oh, okay. But, but I was too busy being a part of a fraternity, drinking and having fun, and just announcing <laughs> the football games. But uh, what I was gonna say with, with with the offensive line for you, you know how it is. No one really gives you credit. They only talk about you when you have a penalty or Matthew Stafford gets hit. What do you want people to know about you individually and the type of player that you are for the Rams? Oh, man. I, my mindset going into this year was that I didn't want to – and you can probably find this up in an interview, but I did not want to be a rookie. Like, that's the last thing. that I didn't want to make a rookie mistake. I didn't want to look at a rookie. I didn't want to look like a rookie. I didn't want – to be scouted as, as a rookie, like, Hey, we got to attack this guy. And I just want people, you know, when I'm playing to see that, you know, this guy looks like he's been playing for years in the NFL. So last thing I'll ask you, just wondering, cause right. A lot of people grow up. They say they want to be a professional athlete. When did you mm-hmm. realize that you had something uh, from a talent wise that was a little extra special where this is not only a dream, but it could be a reality for you. Man, it, it was a while. I mean, I didn't even, I couldn't have not even thought like when I was a kid, football was just something I did. Yeah. And I feel like that changed as soon as I got my first offer, which I remember getting it. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, but UNT had offered me and I was like, wow, like, I, I guess I am really am good. But one thing that definitely got me to that place was that I was just doing what I could and doing what I like um what's how can I say um I was trying to maximize you know my time in high school I was maximizing my time at practice I was maximizing my time in the weight room and I feel like all that you know unfolded into that that first offer um so and I could possibly say the same thing about the NFL man in college you know I was just I had my head down and I kept working I didn't really worry about being in the NFL and you know my last two seasons you know that's when I really started getting looked at and that was a really encouraging feeling and I was like, hey, maybe I can do this for a living. And here we are. Absolutely love that answer. Well, hey, continued uh, success. Good luck. And uh, enjoy this upcoming weekend. And we appreciate you joining us for a few minutes. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. I'll see you all. You got it. There is Steve Avila from the LA Rams. Rookie offensive lineman. Stud rookie offensive lineman. Rams, Lions. From a talk show host perspective, this is a dream matchup with the reunion this weekend. Stafford going back to Detroit, right? Goff going up against his old team in the LA Rams. This is going to be a heavyweight fight this weekend. All righty, this is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio. We will take a timeout. We'll come on back. We'll update you some of the biggest stories of the day with some audio with the news brief, but update time first. Here is the act man. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. for your daily news brief. We get you caught up on the rumors, reports, and reconnaissance from the day in sports. And this portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck at a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. Here is DJ Moore of the Chicago Bears. He was asked, did he speak to the front office about keeping Justin Fields as their quarterback? I did, and um, like I said, when it come out, uh, whatever happens, happens, and Maybe it's what I said, uh, they do, uh, or not. It's really not up, it's not up to me, but uh, just to have a voice on it is it's pretty uh, good. And they seem receptive to you? They, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who wouldn't be receptive to me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Got this smile and everything. So. He also gave like a smirk there, as if they assured him that Fields is going to be back. I don't know if he will be. But it's got to be a top five offseason storyline. Like, where's Belichick going to go if he gets fired? Will Harbaugh go back to the NFL? Will, um, where's Mike Vrabel's next landing spot with him getting fired today by Tennessee? And you also got to see, are the Bears going to trade the number one overall pick? That's definitely a top five storyline of this offseason. Here's Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons. Was it a mistake to not pursue uh, Lamar Jackson this past year? Was it a mistake not to pursue Lamar Jackson? I don't think so. I mean, I think that, I mean, it's easy to say yes, you know, looking given his year. He's obviously an incredible player. We uh, did not have a cap space. You know, we felt we had an answer in in Ritter, a younger player without that kind of contract that would have kept us from actually building the team we we wanted to build. That's not a good formula. We want to be able to raise our own children and keep our own children as best we can. But you were willing to give up multiple draft picks and pay Deshaun Watson a bunch of money. And then a year later, you weren't willing to do so for Lamar Jackson. Hmm. I wonder what the reason is. 
Hmm. Let me think. Oh, yeah, that's because all the other owners didn't want to give Lamar Jackson a fully guaranteed deal. Then make him an offer that wasn't fully guaranteed. And bare minimum, you'd have to see if the Ravens would match it or not. And if they didn't, all you'd have to give up was two first-round picks. That's a bad answer by Arthur Blank. Here is Jerry Jones on one of his 9,000 interviews that he does with 105.3 The Fan with our guys Sean and RJ. Jerry Jones, when asked about people saying he was noncommittal about the future of Mike McCarthy as the head coach of the Drama Dallas Choking Cowboys. I was a little surprised. I don't know how I could be any clearer. Coach McCarthy's under contract for next year, and so that's not an issue. Uh, Secondly, I couldn't be more pleased with what he's done and how he's coached. So that's it. And I'm so I've said I couldn't be more pleased with what he's done, and I really mean it. He has he has really made a as big a difference from his head coaching vantage point as uh, anybody could from any vantage point in the NFL. He's the big difference this year. You can agree, and I, and I think this way, and you could think that. Mike McCarthy's underappreciated as an NFL head coach. But you could be pleased now, and let's say by the end of this weekend, I don't think they're going to lose to the Packers. You could then get annoyed, and that could be enough for you to go from being pleased to then maybe making a change. What we've learned about Jerry Jones, not only week to week, it's day to day, and you never know what he's going to say. Here is Kirk Cousins. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Would he take a hometown discount? to stay with the Minnesota Vikings? Another really good question, and one I've thought about pretty much my whole 12 years is, is that question. I do think it's important uh, to, to uh, be aware of. I think that God has blessed me financially beyond my wildest dreams. So at this stage in my career, uh, the dollars are really not what it's about. Well, he's not going to play for free. We know that. He's still going to get paid a nice salary, but if maybe taking $5 million less, gets the Justin Jefferson deal done, and then you could go get another player locked up and secured and done, um, I think that'd be a good approach by Kirk Cousins. All righty, let's get to the topic that I've been dreading. Here is Jimmy Kimmel on Aaron Rodgers' comments about him probably going to be winded up on the Epstein list. This was on the Jimmy Kimmel Live show on ABC. When you hear a guy who won a Super Bowl and did the, all the State Farm commercials say something like this, a lot of people believe it. A lot of delusional people honestly believe I am meeting up with Tom Hanks and Oprah at Shakey's once a week to eat pizza and drink the blood of children. And I know this because I hear from these people often. My wife hears from them. My kids hear from them. My poor mailman hears from these people. And now we're hearing from lots more of them thanks to Aaron Rodgers. The laughing is weird to me. Like, I don't find Jimmy Kimmel funny, but this is like a pretty serious topic. And, you know, I'm not saying Jimmy Kimmel was in the wrong here because Aaron Rodgers is in the wrong, but the force and the fake laughter just seemed bizarre when you get into the tone of the whole issue about this. Well, he was trying to make light of it and make some jokes, so I guess to try to keep yeah. it from being too serious. I didn't serious. find anything funny if I'm just being honest. Well, there. I also cut it. I mean, it was a nine-minute rant, yeah. so I, I cut it in a way that maybe the laughter wasn't necessarily based okay. off of what he just said. And here is uh, Kimmel doubling down and then ripping Aaron Rodgers on ABC. I spent years doing sports. I've seen guys like him before. Aaron Rodgers has a very high opinion of himself because he had Not success wrong. on the football field. He believes himself to be an extraordinary being. He genuinely thinks that because God gave him the ability to throw a ball, he's smarter than everyone else. 
The idea that his brain is just average is unfathomable to him. He put on a magic helmet, and the, that G made him a genius. It's, Aaron got two A's on his report card. They were both in the word Aaron. Aaron Rodgers is too arrogant to know how ignorant he is. Now, if there was ever going to be laughter, I think it's with the two A's in his name. I thought that was pretty good. That's where I would use the fake laughter there. Well, first of all, it was real laughter. It was just... It sounds way, fake, though. <laughs> yeah, but you can blame me. I cut it in a way that maybe the laughter was there when I, it I'm wasn't. I'm not blaming versa. you. you. I'm not I, blaming you whatsoever. I was, just, I was just trying to find the best way to take eight minutes and condense Uh-oh. it down into two small clips. We know Samter's on the Jimmy Kimmel side. I didn't need to hear the laughter, but... <laughs> And I don't blame you for being the Jimmy Kimmel side. Roger's in the wrong. So Roger's right. Tune in. I'm going to be the McAfee show tomorrow. Blah, blah, blah. He is uh, defiant about his beef with Jimmy Kimmel. I totally understand how serious an allegation of pedophilia would be. So for him to be upset about that, I get it. Did you watch the quote? Because that's exactly what I said. Verbatim what I said on the show. Okay. I'm not stupid enough, even though you think I'm an idiot. And you made a lot of comments about my intelligence. But I'm not stupid enough to accuse you of that with absolutely zero evidence, uh, concrete evidence, it, that's ridiculous. I hope that you'll you give did. the same type of energy to these heinous crimes oh, when they do come out and the names do come out and, and there is an inquiry into it that you gave to other subjects that I actually mentioned uh, that you spent a lot of time working on. So I'd like to put this uh, to bed. Hmm. It's funny because they have a personal beef clearly. And now it's very public. And then you're getting into a serious topic like this. And they're allowing their beef, Roger's beef, to then basically infer that Kimmel did something. It's just, it's messy. It's ugly and it's a bad look for Aaron Rodgers. Here is Aaron Rodgers on people calling Kimmel a pedophile because of his comments. That sucks, and and I condemn that 100%. Like, well, that's then ridiculous. shut your mouth. Like, any type of name calling us ridiculous. And I'm not calling them one, and neither should you. Oh, you so it's not it backing though. me up or making me feel good if you're doing that. I'm, let me make that crystal clear. I don't take any, you know, excitement oh, or joy. Curse. So don't do that in my name. Don't do that at all. Like, those are serious accusations meant for people who are on the list. But I'm not calling him one. No one should. Don't do it in my name. Like, that's not cool. I'm not about that. And I have no... You know, no love for anybody doing any of that. I don't even like Kimmel, but I think Rogers comes off as an ass here. He really does. He comes off as an ass and he's just got to stop. Like I used to find those interviews with McAfee entertaining and I used to find them good. And I thought it humanized Aaron Rodgers. But the last few weeks, it's like enough. It, it really is enough. And it's, it's kind of getting embarrassing. For Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure people will get in my mentions now and call me a snowflake and call me an idiot, call me a moron and a dope, but Rodgers thinks he looks good here, but he doesn't look good. The one thing I didn't hear in any of the comments, and I didn't listen to the entire hour of Aaron Rodgers, but I didn't hear the word I'm sorry. Because he's not. Or apologize. (laughs) He's not. I didn't hear any of that. (laughs) Does that shock you? I wasn't expecting Rodgers to apologize. Nor do I really care if he did or he, he didn't, but he's in the wrong here, but he'll keep on saying that. His con- his quotes were taken out of context and blah, 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 blah. Just ridiculous. Well, Jim Harbaugh, Leave Michigan, we discuss next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Oh, 